Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Functioning in the blessing of the covenant. Functioning in the blessing of the covenant. <clears throat> and what we need to do uh, as unbel uh, believers is to learn how to function at the highest level. Now, all of us understand that our life here on planet Earth is just so many years. So God promises a long life, maybe 80, 90 years. Uh, that's a long life for maybe 100 years, right? So whatever it is, we want to function at the highest level. And the only way to function at the highest level is to understand that one word, uh, a blessing. Blessing is singular. And the blessing is a word that is real important in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. And uh, the blessing started with, uh, with Adam and Eve. When uh, in, in Genesis 1.28, the Bible says that God blessed them. And, so, uh, and then later on, we find out that Adam and Eve lost the blessing, right? Because they had sinned. And uh, then years passed, and then God found a man named Abraham, and God blessed him. At 75, uh, God picked up Abraham, and for 100 years, he blessed him. So this man was extremely blessed because of the blessing of Abraham upon his life. So most of us, when we use the word blessing, is we use it flippantly. And uh, we don't understand what the word blessing means. But in the Bible, the word blessing has great significance. And that word means that it is a declaration by God. It's a declaration by God that uh, the person is going to have success, all right? So it's a declaration that gives a person success uh, in, in this life. So the blessing is very, very important. So when we go to the New Testament, the Bible tells us that uh, Christ has redeemed us from the what? From the curse of the law. Say that with me. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law so that the blessing of Abraham would come upon us. So what I'm going to share with you tonight is very, very important because you're going to start functioning at the highest level, all right? And when I started, when I found this out in my life, um, for the last 50 years, I just started flying. And it's, it's been nonstop for me, 50 years. So I'm 71 right now. So for the last 50, yeah, I guess about 51 years, I've been flying. And you can fly all the days of your life. God never made his people to be stagnant or to stay in the same place, uh, to struggle in life. That is never, ever God's will for you. But we have to find out how to function in this life, all right? And the way to function is to function in the blessing of the covenant. So when we read the old, when we take the Bible, uh, all of you understand that there is an Old Testament and New Testament, right? And testament is another word for covenant, so we serve a God of covenant, and we have two covenants, and we're in the new covenant. So uh, the word blessing is very important. So God blessed Abraham. 
the Bible tells us. And he was blessed for a hundred years. Now, that blessing, the same blessing, I want you to say that with me, the same blessing. The same blessing is not another one. It's the same one. So the same blessing that God put on Adam and Eve, the same blessing that he put on Abraham, is the same blessing that comes upon us when we accept Jesus. Now, this was Jesus' uh, objective in coming here to the planet Earth. His objective was to restore us uh, or restore everything that Adam lost. Does everybody understand that? So this is why Jesus came. He redeemed us from the what? From the curse of the law, Galatians chapter 3. So let's look at Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, and uh, so you can see what we're talking about here tonight. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. This is the new King James. He says, Christ has redeemed us from the what? From the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree, uh, that the blessing of Abraham might uh, come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. Now, when we look at the book of Galatians, it's written to Christians. So, the word blessing, the blessing of Abraham is relevant. Does everybody understand that? We have to understand that it's relevant to us today. The blessing of Abraham. So Jesus, his objective to, in coming here on, to planet Earth uh, was to redeem us from the curse of the law so that the blessing, did everybody get that? We are redeemed from the curse. Say that with me. We're redeemed from the curse so that the what? So that the blessing of Abraham would come upon us. That's very, very important, all right? The blessing of Abraham would come upon us. So Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, the curse, if you listen real carefully, the curse, uh, we can summarize it. It's real detail in the Old Testament. But the curse is this. It is spiritual death. It is sickness and poverty. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. All right? So when you study the curse in the Old Testament, you, you don't want to have the curse on your life. So it's important that we give our lives to the Lord. And giving our life to the Lord, we're not playing a church game. We're not being religious. No, none of that. Because when I came out of the service, uh, and out of the Vietnam War, I was looking for answers. I wasn't looking and say, hey, I want to I wanna find some old religious book. I want to just go to uh, play church. I wasn't looking for that. Now, you, if you've been in the service, you understand when, you, you come to, when you're in a service, you come back messed up. I was royally messed up, okay? I didn't look at it. I didn't look like I was messed up on the outside, but inside I was messed up. So uh, I was looking for answers, real answers. So one day, uh, because I hit rock bottom. How many of you know that uh, it's good sometimes to hit rock bottom, right? Because when you hit rock bottom, you're going to start looking for the true answer, the real person to help you. So as long as we don't hit rock bottom, we're swinging, moving, and having a great time, and, and we're not going to look to God, right? Now, if you don't hit rock bottom, people say, hey, let's go to church. You say, what? Church? I'm not going to no church. Hey, uh, read your Bible. I say, I'm not going to read that religious book. I don't have time for that kind of stuff. So when I hit rock bottom, I started thinking, there must be an answer in this world for me. 
So it was Jesus, right? And one day, not by accident, but it was God. I opened my Bible there in the 14th chapter of the book of John, and, and I saw what Jesus said. He said, I am the way, the truth, the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. And that's what I was looking for. How many of you know that everybody's looking for that, right? So I was looking for a way, a way out, man. Uh, I was looking for truth, and I was looking for life. So when I saw that Jesus said, I said, he's either the biggest liar, right? Or this is the biggest lie, or it is the greatest truth. And I said, this is what I've been looking for. And I got a hold of that, and I got a hold of uh, Matthew 6.33. And uh, let's go to Matthew 6.33. And when I got a hold of Matthew 6.33, I said, mm, this is... Uh, this is what I'm going to do in my life. And, and then I started flying, okay? Look at Matthew 6.33, New King James, please. Can you find that? Okay, there it is. But seek what? You got to get this now because this changed my life. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Not second, not third, not fourth. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. How many things will be added to your life? He said, all the things. Now, that is the greatest offer that I could ever, had ever seen in my life. He said, all things will be added. All includes what? Everything in your life, right? Peace, joy, money, everything. I said, man, this is what I've been looking for. <clears throat> so I said, I'm going to do this. Now, I didn't understand. This is what I'm going to explain to you tonight. I didn't know what the kingdom, uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God. I was you see I just came into this I didn't understand that I said but I'm gonna find out he said seek ye first the kingdom okay and he said he's gonna add everything to my life well I'm gonna find out what it is to seek first the kingdom because I'm gonna get this now it would be a crying shame if you consider yourself a believer it'd be a crying shame for you not to make this a reality in your life it would because if you don't have this, you're going to have to do it in your own strength and in your own power. And you can only go so far. You can, you can have a, a, a bachelor's, a, bachelor's, a master's degree, a, a doctor's degree. You can, you can be a mover and a shaker, and yet you're going to fall, and you'll, uh, and you'll never amount to anything. In this life, uh, the odds are against you. Does everybody understand that? That's it. You cannot, you cannot do it without God's help. It's impossible, all right? So I got a hold of this, and I said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things. Well, I'm going to find out what that is because I'm going to have everything uh, added to my life. And I want to tell you, and I'm, I'm a testimony, and God is a witness, that I got a hold of that, and I was like this. Look, I had plateaued in my life. I had uh, come out of the service, and then I was going to the university, and then I was running some businesses, but I plateaued, and I hit rock bottom. When I hit rock bottom, I didn't know where to turn. I said, where do I go from here? What do I do? Okay, I know people, but what do I do now? But when I got a hold of this, man, I went, <laughs> I started flying, and I've been flying ever since in my life. But this is not just for one person. It's for every person, right? Every person. But most Christians, 
live their whole life like this. Look, full of burdens. They live full of sorrow. Uh, they struggle all the days of their life. It's because they have no knowledge. My people are destroyed for lack of what? For knowledge. And then Isaiah 5.13 says, My people are led into captivity because they have no knowledge. They're, ig they're ignorant of what God says. But once you get a hold of this, you're going you're gonna to fly. You say, well, Pastor, uh, I have a bad background. Uh, I've had all this. So what? When you get a hold of God and get a hold of his word, I don't care where you're at. Pastor, I'm at the, I'm at the bottom. Well, this is where I was, you see. And I don't care where you're at. I don't care if you're broke, if you're sick. And you and your wife is abandoning you. Your husband is abandoning you. You're you're at the bottom of bottoms. As a matter of fact, you're lower than bottom. But I'm going to tell you, when you get a hold of God, you're going up. And that's what happened to my life. And then after that, I married the girl of my dreams. We we're married 43 years, five months, uh, uh, five months, uh, f uh, five days, uh, nine hours, and 20 minutes. And then she went on to be with the Lord. Uh, and then my three kids. Were, and you can't have this without God. I want you to look at uh, Psalms 112 now. One, two, and three. And tell me if there's anybody in this world that can offer you this. Psalms 112, verse 1. He said, praise the Lord. Blessed is the man that what? That fears the Lord. You understand what that means? That means that you respect God and that you honor God and you reverence God. He said, blessed is the man that fears the Lord, who delights how? Somebody say greatly, because you're going to have to do this. You're going to have to delight. If you want to fly, you can be a high flyer from here on out. I'm telling you, uh, I can guarantee by God's word that you'll fly high. He said, he who delights greatly in his commandments, uh, verse 2, he said his, his descendants, his children will be what? Mighty. mighty. How would you like your children to be mighty upon the earth? Well, they can. But if you don't do, meet the conditions, your children are going to struggle like you. You see? They're going to go through hard times. But he said your descendants will be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Now look at verse 3. Do you believe this? Look at it. Poverty and struggling will be in your house. Would that say that? Am I reading that right? It says, wealth and riches will be in, uh, in his house, in his righteousness endureth forever. Who said that? Well, God did. He said, here's the conditions. If you'll fear me, and he says, uh, and if you'll delight greatly, greatly in my commandments, he said, your children, which is the most important thing of your life, are going to be great on this earth. They're going to be powerful. They're going to, they're going to go to heights that you could never imagine uh, uh, because you're serving God. And then he said wealth and riches are going to be in your house. What does that mean? That means that you're going to live debt-free, hello, and that you're going to prosper all the days of your life. Now, you're looking at me here tonight, and you're going to say, Pastor, do you have any needs? Everybody look up here. Zero. I have zero needs. Nothing. No needs. Uh, and this is to bring glory to God. I have no needs, no nothing, uh, because God meets all of my needs, okay? It's very important 
that you understand this. So functioning in the blessing of the covenant, we want to function at the highest level in order for, uh, for this to become a reality in our life. Now, this promise, this great promise is offered to you and everybody else. John 10.10. 10. Let's look at John 10.10. 10. And this great promise is offered, and it's also guaranteed. Guaranteed. Guaranteed by what? By the blood that was paid uh, for, uh, to redeem us, all right? The thief cometh not to except to what? Steal, kill, and to destroy. This is why you cannot have the devil in your life. You cannot permit him. This is why the Bible says for believers now, he says give no place to the devil. Because the devil, if you have him in your life, he's going to come for an, he only has one objective. And that is to steal everything you got, kill everything, and destroy everything. So we want to give him no place. But Jesus said, I have come that they might have what? Life. And that they might have it? Hey, man, uh, uh, more abundantly. Man, that's a, that's a great promise, right? So this, this, this is the life that God offers us. Somebody say, this is the life God offers us. And is guaranteed. Listen real carefully now. This is a guaranteed life. I've lived this, all right? I've lived this, so I can tell you that it works, okay? And it's guaranteed, and it's the life that we should, must, and uh, we can live. All of us can live this life here. That's, that's the words of Jesus. If that's a lie, everything else is a lie. But he's come that he, we might have abundant life. Let's read this verse one more time because it's very important. Jesus said that the thief cometh not but to what? To steal, kill, and to destroy. I've come that you might have life and, might, and, and have it more abundantly. That's the life that we, we want to have uh, and live as God's people. So Sunday, if you were here with us uh, on Sunday, uh, Matthew was gone, so I spoke uh, on uh, all three services on Sunday. So uh, I shared with you about the most important theme for the believer, all right? Now, not for the unbeliever, but for the believer. If you consider yourself a believer, born again, somebody say born again. I'm not talking about just going to church now. I'm not just talking about saying, hey, I just, I'm here. No, I'm talking about born again. Like if you died, you're there with the Lord. You have that assurance, all right? Now, the most important theme for a born again believer is this. To serve God. That's the most important thing. So you got you to gotta get that in your heart this, this evening. So I want to drive that into your heart. And if you'll get this, uh, your struggling days are over. They're over. If you serve God, all right? Uh, your struggling days are over and you'll live a sorrow-free life, burden-free life, worry-free life, Debt-free life, sickness-free life. I mean, anything that the devil has put on humanity, you'll be free from, right? If you'll just serve God. That is the most important theme or subject in the Bible for God's children is to serve him. Now, this starts way back 
when God created Adam. But if you remember the children of Israel, when they were in Egypt, God sent a man to Pharaoh with these words, let my people go that they may serve me. And he repeats it to Pharaoh. Now, why did God tell Pharaoh, let my people go? And he didn't just say, let my people go, man. No, God wants you to come out of darkness so that you can serve him. And if God uh, delivered you from drugs and alcohol and a, and a crazy life, he delivered you for a purpose, all right? And that purpose is to serve God. Does everybody understand that? Because it's in serving God, listen now, it's in serving God that you are blessed. And I'm talking about uh, greatly blessed. Now, when we serve God or anything in reference to God, we're not adding anything to God, okay? We're not doing God any favors because He's God. He has no needs, all right? Now, when I do something in reference to God, it's for me because God is God, and He doesn't need me. He doesn't even need my praises. Some people say, I can't praise God. Well, don't praise Him if you don't want to. God said, you don't have to. I got rocks. Rocks will do it for you. My plants, my trees, everything, they will praise me. So God doesn't need us for, for anything. I was going to say for Jack, right? But, I mean, you, you got it, right? He don't need us for anything. God, we need God, right? So God told Moses, he said, go tell, go tell Pharaoh, to let my people go, and if he doesn't let my son go, he's re referring to Israel, then I'm going to kill his son. That's how uh, uh, important it is for God, for God's people. He told Pharaoh, let my son go, or I'm going to kill your son. And he did. They were crying on the last plague because the firstborn of Egypt, every firstborn died, and when every, four, every firstborn died, they let God's people go. So in serving God, we are blessed. Does everybody understand that? But we have to understand now, what does it mean to serve God? We have to understand that. Because we hear that all the time. Serve God, serve God. And people don't even know what that is. They're not serving God. But uh, once we understand what it means to serve God, man, you're a high flyer. You're flying now. You're going to be blessed. Your family is going to be blessed. Your money is going to be blessed. You're going to live sickness-free. How would you like to live sickness-free? Now, I have the best insurance, you know, here, uh, humanly speaking, here in the, in the United States. So I have everything free, free. I go to a, any hospital, any place, if I want to. I'm not going. See, but I can go to any hospital, any doctor, it is free, man. I'm a veteran. Free. I don't pay nothing. Nothing. Not one dime for nothing. So, uh, but uh, we don't need that. And I've lived uh, for, well, 71 years. And I've never had uh, insurance until now. They gave it to me. See, it's, it's forced on me. See, you're very, you have to have this insurance. Okay. All right. So, but I don't need it. 
Now, how, how would you like to live like that? Sickness-free, burden-free, debt-free, sorrow-free, huh? Uh, Worry-free. How would you like to live that? Well, that's the life that God wants you to live. But all that life that is uh, like uh, in a utopia type, you know, some people say, man, could that be true? It's true. It's true. He said, it'll come on you if you serve me. And this is where Christians fail. Most Christians are burdened down. They look just like the world. They live like the world. But uh, that's not God's will for you. He says, seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things. Well, uh, include that, whatever you want. He said, I'll give you everything if you'll serve me. All right? Now, the offers, God, the offers that God makes, no one can make that offer to you. They might offer it, but they don't have the capacity to carry it out. Somebody might say, I can give you that. Yeah, they can say that, but they don't have the capacity to do it. Look at uh, Proverbs 10.22. Tell me if this is not a good one. Proverbs 10.22. Who in the world can give us this? Proverbs 10.22. He says, the blessing, there it is again. The blessing of the Lord is what makes one what? Wow, I wonder if that's true. Well, that's what God said. And he said, and he adds no sorrow with it. Now, in the world, you could probably steal and do a bunch of stuff and do a business and everything and get rich. But there's a lot of sorrow guaranteed always with, uh, with people in the world. There's sadness. There's divorce. There's hatred. There's uh, jealousy. There's envy. There's fighting, man, for one more dollar, man. You say, I'm going to cheat him out of this thing. I I'm going to lie until I get that contract. You say, all that is in the world. But God says, when I bless you, there's no sorrow. Remember he blessed Abraham? He blessed him to a point that uh, he came up to the king of Sodom. And the king of Sodom said, uh, if you remember the story, he said, uh, you take all the goods. And he said, no, I'm not going to take nothing. Because one day you'll say you made me rich. You didn't make me rich. God made me rich. Hmm? God, will, God will bless you if you'll serve him. Why is it that Christians are not blessed like they should? They don't serve God. Okay, look at this one. We, we, uh, we saw this on one of my favorites on Sunday. Uh, Exodus 23, verse 25 and 26. This is a very powerful scripture. He says, uh, Proverbs, uh, this Exodus 23, 25. He said, so shall you serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your what? Bread and water. Wow. And he will take what? Sickness away from the midst of you. And then he said, no one will suffer miscarriage or, bearing it or be barren in the land. I will fulfill the number of your days. In other words, you're not going to die before your time. You're going to live a long life. You'll be sickness free. Can we believe that? Well, God said that. He said what? If you'll serve me. If you'll serve God, this is what's going to happen in your life. So the promises are out of this world, man, if you'll serve God. But we have to understand what it means to serve God, right? So uh, uh, serving God uh, is the secret of life. Somebody say it's the secret of life. It's the secret of life. It's the wisdom of God to serve God. And you have to find out tonight 
uh, and get it in your heart and start doing it. All right? Every believer can serve God. And, but once you start serving God, you start flying. And you'll be blessed. You'll see miracles uh, happen in your life like you've never seen before. So when we serve God, uh, it, it pays. Somebody say it pays to serve God. Not only does it pay, it pays the best. And it pays the most. And he pays big when you serve God. Right? That's right. And uh, it's the end of your struggles. Because when God is involved in anyone's life, right, uh, anything can happen. Uh, so we're going to serve God. So serving God is the secret of life for the believer. It's the wisdom of God, all right? It's the wisdom of God. So before I give you, what, in a nutshell, what it means to serve God, I want to say this. The wisdom of God is three things. It, now, you've got to get this. It is thinking, saying, and working the Scriptures. Did you get that? That's the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is this. Look, you think this, you meditate on this. He said, blessed is the man that delighteth greatly in his command. You meditate in this book, uh, and you say this book. It's very important. And then you uh, work the scriptures. You work them. Nobody's going to do that for you. You work them. In other words, you act on the scriptures. And that is the wisdom of God. So everything that God says, we're going to do in our lives. So serving God is, is the maximum. It is the, the most important thing in, a, in the believer's life. Okay? It's, it's something that every believer must understand. So Sunday, I said this. Serving God has two aspects. Uh, one is a physical aspect, and one is the spiritual aspect. And the physical aspect is this. Uh, it is, uh, it is uh, and the spiritual also. But let me just uh, uh, describe, uh, give you a definition, and then I'll, I'll give you the physical and the spiritual aspect. Serving God is this. It is committed to promoting and advancing the kingdom of God. Because remember, he said, seek ye, what? First, the kingdom of God. And Jesus said this in Luke eleven twenty. He said, if I cast out devils, he told that to the Pharisees, the kingdom of God has arrived. You got to get that. If I cast out devils, the kingdom of God has arrived. If I cast out devils, the kingdom of God has arrived. Okay, we're going to tie this in with what I'm going to share with you. So the kingdom, serving God, is committed to promoting. Committed to promoting and advancing the kingdom of God. If you're tonight, you come out of here and you're committed to promoting the kingdom of God and advancing the kingdom of God, you will understand what serving is and you will start flying. God will begin to resolve the problems in your life like this, look. Boom, everything, because God's going to get involved now in your life. He's going to resolve problems, stuff that you've been stuck, 
and you say, it's been a, I've hit a concrete wall, Pastor. I can't go any further. Huh. Watch now what God's going to do. I've seen him. I've seen God do extraordinary miracles, all right? And my children have seen that in my life. And I've seen what God has done in their life. So serving God, everybody say, serving God is promoting and advancing what? The kingdom of God. In other words, God's saying this. You get interested in my business, and I'll get interested in your business. I'll take care of your stuff. Just get interested in my business. And what God is going to tell us to do now to promote his kingdom, it's, it's simple. Real simple. Because the hard part has already been done. Jesus already shed his blood. He gave his life. And he took care of the devil and the kingdom of darkness. He defeated them and spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly. Now we just got to be partners with God and promote his kingdom. Once we do that, he'll give you everything. Does everybody understand that? He'll give you everything. Everything that you've ever wanted and dreamed, he'll give it to you. He has already done that for us. Now he'll do that for you. So, serving God is promoting and advancing the kingdom of God. Did everybody get that? Okay, that's very, very important. So, uh, serving God covers all our needs. Everybody understand that? Okay, so here's the physical aspect. If it's promoting and, and, uh, and uh, advancing the kingdom of God, it has a physical aspect. Let's say for an example... Uh, during the, uh, the services on Sunday, or even here. People that take care of this before we get in here, that's a physical aspect. That's serving God. People that stand at the door, you say, what's oh, stand at the door? Uh, that's that's uh, a physical aspect of promoting and advancing the kingdom of God. Somebody that turns on the lights here, takes care of everything that's uh, promoted. In other words, you have to get involved in that. Not just... You, uh, a Christian that just comes to church and leaves uh, and doesn't understand serving God, he will struggle all the days of his life. You've got to get involved. Now, the spiritual aspect is this, that you will begin, listen to me real carefully, praying, fasting, and reaching out to people. When you do that, then you are advancing and promoting the kingdom of God. Now, don't raise your hand, please. Don't raise your hand. How many of you, this week, you prayed for this service here? Don't raise your hands. How many of you, when you, uh, you fasted already, you took some meals off for a whole day for this service? How many of you got the 100 list and you prayed and you fasted for these people that they'll give their life to God? How many of you did that? How many of you are praying that uh, people will be added to this church every month? Not to be religious, but they'll come in, they'll get saved, and they'll one day go to heaven, but at the same time, they'll have heaven here on earth. How many of you have done that? How many of you are praying and fasting 
and reaching out to people for that. See, that's real simple, but Christians are not doing that. Most Christians don't even pray. Christians don't find Now, if they pray, they're praying like this. Look, me, 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 mine, my car, my house, my head, my children, mine, me, 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 me. That's, what they're, that's all they're doing. That's not serving God. Serving God is promoting and advancing the kingdom of God. Seek ye what? First, the kingdom of God. How many things will be added? When you start uh, advancing the kingdom of God, God says, what? Here's one right here. He'll jump over a million people to get to you, and he'll bless you. And he'll add everything to your life if you're advancing and promoting the kingdom of God. It's simple. God's made it real simple for us. He just wants us uh, to partner up with him. Because who has authority here on planet Earth? The believers. They're the only ones. They're the only ones that have the binding and the loosening here on planet Earth. So uh, if, if, God, if we're the body of Christ, if we don't do that, then people don't, don't get saved. Did everybody understand that? So when you start promoting and advancing the kingdom of God by praying for people, fasting for people, and reaching out to people, then you are serving God. And in serving God, all these promises become a reality. Most Christians, they say, it doesn't work for me. Well, it's not until you start serving God. And serving God is, is valuing what God values. How, 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 how much value does God place on a soul? What should it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lost his soul? God says, what would a man give in exchange for his soul? In other words, you're very important to God. So your soul is more important than all the petroleum, all the oil here, and all the real estate in this whole area and in the whole world. One soul is very important. So when somebody values what God values, then God says, you're serving me and I'm now going to promote you. And God will do that. He will do that. He did that with uh, King David. He was just a shepherd boy, a nobody, an obscure little boy. He was taking care of sheep, and this guy started serving God, and he was praising God, and God took him from being a shepherd boy to be king of Israel. Look what he did with Joseph. He was uh, accused. He was a felon, uh, accused of a crime he did not commit, but he was a felon, and not, not only that, he was a stranger in, in Egypt. And he, in other words, he was, he was dead already. They're going, he's going to die in prison. But he was serving God. And guess what happened? He became the most powerful man in Egypt. From a slave and from a felon to become the most powerful man in all of Egypt. Can God do that with you? He can do that. But you have to serve him. This is where Christians are at. They're not, they're not praying. When you start praying... Not for yourself. Don't worry about yourself. God says that I will add all these things. Just put me first. If you'll put me first, you don't have to worry about your car. You don't have to worry about your bank account. You don't have to worry about your kids. You don't have to worry about any of this. Just put me first. Put me first. Put my kingdom first. Get interested in my kingdom. 
You pray for lost people uh, as a believer, and you fast for them. In other words, you focus on that. Start praying for people and fasting for them, and then every opportunity to say, hey, I want you to come with me to church. And when you do that, then God's going to start opening things up for you. And your whole world's going to open up. You're not going to live that life that you've been living all these years. You're going to be a, a completely different person. Does everybody understand what I'm talking about? Now, I'm going to finish this up here in a few minutes by sharing you a couple of scriptures. And the first scripture uh, that I want to share with you is this. Uh, <clears throat> it's Matthew chapter 16. This is the kingdom of God now. Remember the scripture I showed you in Luke eleven twenty. Jesus said this. Now, let me say it again. He said, if I cast out devils, the kingdom of God has arrived. He said, it's here. If I cast out devils. So when, when he gave us the great commission, you see, we're, interest, we're advancing his kingdom now. When we're doing the, uh, advancing the kingdom of God, then we're in the kingdom, we're doing kingdoms, God's business, right? Kingdom business. Look at uh, uh, Mark chapter uh, 16, verse 15. This is for the believer now, okay? Uh, he, and he said to them, go into the what? Into the whole world and what? Preach the gospel to every creature. He's talking to uh, us as believers. Verse 16, he said, He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Verse 17, And these signs shall follow them and believe. In my name they shall cast out what? Demons. That's right. They will speak with new tongues. Uh, they will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will, it will by no means hurt them. Praise God. And they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. In other words, Jesus is saying, Get involved in kingdom's work. And then he said, you'll never lack in this world. Why struggle? Christians are struggling for nothing. Because their whole mind is this, look. When they get up, they're thinking about a business deal. Forget about all that. Go out there and do your stuff, but focus on the kingdom. And God said, I'll add everything to you. If you're running a business... Just say, thank you, God. I'm going to use this business for you now. I'm going to touch business people. I'm going to touch uh, clientele. I'm going to pray for them. Every person that comes in here, I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to get to know them. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to fast for them. And, and, and when you do that, God will put his hand upon your life. And you're going to become a high flyer. Instead of struggling and being uh, full of burden in your life, God's going to really bless you like never before now i'm gonna finish with this let's go to john 15 and i'm gonna read uh five verses and we finish and jesus said in john 15 he said i am i am the true vine and my father is the what the wine uh, the vine dresser okay verse two he said every branch in me that does not uh, bear fruit, he taketh what? He takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, here, here's the good one, he prunes that it may bear <clears throat> more fruit. All right? 
That's verse 3. And then you already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Let's go to verse 8 and then verse 16, and we'll connect those, and then we'll finish. <clears throat> and he said in verse 8, By this my Father is glorified that you bear how much fruit? Much fruit. So you will be my disciples. Verse uh, 16, you, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. So we ought, and that your fruit should remain and that whatever you ask the Father in my name, what a great promise. Is that a great promise? He said, and whatever, I don't know if we can believe that. Man, that's pretty big. And whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. This great promise belongs to who? Here it is now. Believers that bear fruit. If you don't bear fruit, then it doesn't belong to you. You're just a believer. What's the fruit he's talking about here? Soul winning. How do we become soul winners? You get your tail praying. Get yourself praying. You pray for people. There's people that in your, your loved ones. That 100 list. Does everybody have a 100 list here? Everybody have a list? You get that 100 list and look at there's maybe your mother, your father, your brother, your friends, your, your boss. You got 100 people there. You're praying for those people. Your heaven's going to open up over your life. Uh, you're praying for these people. This is, where every, this is where you begin to start bearing fruit. This is a great promise for you if you start bearing fruit. You start praying for people and then all of a sudden, you, my fast day now. Huh, I'm going to fast for these people. And then in time, God will connect you with these people uh, little by little. Tony here was telling me that in, uh, uh, the other day, I talked to him, I called him up, and he said, Pastor, of my 100, of my 100 list, two of those people already got saved. I led them to the Lord. Let's give the Lord a great praise of for that. Doesn't that move God? That's the most important thing that God has. He, he, he don't mind giving you. He said, I want five houses. The Lord said, that's easy. I'll give you everything. I'll give you everything. I want my house paid for. God said, I'll give it to you. Just do my work. Just get interested in my kingdom. Advance my kingdom. Promote my kingdom. Get involved. Be a promoter of my kingdom. Seek ye first my kingdom. And I'll add all these things to you. Right? That's all God is wanting from his people. But God's, God's people are tied up in their me and mine and their own, their own stuff. And they're not doing anything for God. They just come to church and sit down and walk out. That's not serving God. Sorry. That's not serving God. You're not serving God until when you leave here, you're praying and fasting and reaching out to people. It'll change your world. I'm telling you. It'll change your whole world. Now, not bearing fruit, and I'll finish with this, not bearing fruit, you run a risk. And here's the risk. Let's go to verse, uh, what is that, verse 1, 15, 1, and I'll finish with this. This is the risk. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser, verse 2. 
Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he what? See, you're running a great risk in your life as a believer if you're not bearing fruit. Christians that do not bear fruit, you know what they're doing? Look at me. They're easily backsliding. You'll go back into the world because there's an emptiness in you and and you didn't find it. You're never going to find it in God unless you, you start bearing fruit and you get involved into the kingdom. People backslide. They go into pornography. How many believers are into pornography, uh, sex outside of marriage and all kinds of stuff? They backslidden. This is the risk you run when you don't bear fruit. He says, a branch that, it, have you ever pruned a tree? Uh, what do you do with the dead branches? You cut them suckers. And you sucker. Do you cut them branches because they're hindering your tree? And once you prune them, guess what happens? And every branch that bears fruit, he, what? Give me the last part of that, brother. He prunes that he may bear what? More fruit, which means this. When you start bearing fruit, God will keep you fit. So that you can bear more fruit. He'll keep you fit. He'll keep you healthy. He'll keep you blessed. He'll keep on pruning you and blessing you so that you can bear more fruit. And when we bear fruit, guess who's glorified? And when God's lifted up and glorified, guess who he's going to bless? You. But God's not glorified. You just being a Christian and never want anybody to the Lord. Now let me ask you this and we're through. I'm closed. I got two minutes. Since you were saved, don't don't raise your hand and don't answer this. If I ask you this question, how many years have you been saved? When did you give your life to God? When you were born again? Is it one year? Five years? Ten years? Fifteen years? How long have you been saved? Let's say if you were saved 15 years, and all those 15 years, how many people did you, have you brought to the Lord? How many? Some people go like this, zero, Pastor. No wonder you're having a hard time in life. You thought that Christianity was, hello, praise God, just coming to church. That's not Christianity. True Christianity is that you bear fruit. And that you be involved in advancing the kingdom of God. When you do that, then all things will be added to you. That's why Christians say, why isn't it happening in my life? Well, it's not going to work for you. And it's not going to happen until you get involved with his kingdom. Because when we advance his kingdom, that's when God is glorified. When you get miracles in your life. And when you share your life with people. My testimony is different from you, but I share my testimony. I said, I was in the army. I was in combat. When I was 19 and 20, I was, I was already in, in combat in Vietnam at that age. And then my life was messed up. I give my testimony. And when people hear that, guess who's glorified? God. And they, some of them people are going to give their life to God because they're just as empty as I was, right? Or they're just as empty and looking for the same kind of answer. So God is glorified when we advance his kingdom. And then our struggling days are over. 
You say, Pastor, me as a Christian, I have depression. I don't understand that. Well, I really do. See, I have depression. I have, uh, I'm burdened. I'm, I worry. I have fears. All that junk will come off of you when you get involved in the kingdom of God. Can you imagine just this small group here tonight? If we were to get busy, everybody praying, huh? You got your 100 and start tonight and start praying for people. That's, that's, this will begin everything. You start praying for people, and then you start fasting for them. And then all of a sudden, your world begins to open up. And then God says, that's my man there. I'm going to bless him now. You become important to God and a threat to the kingdom of darkness. Before that, the devil looks at you and says, fool me with that guy. That guy's a big zero. He, he, don't, he don't even know the word. Uh, he, he's no threat to anybody. Just leave him alone. I don't even put Demon 101 on him. Man, he's, he's nothing. He's no threat to the kingdom of my kingdom, the kingdom of darkness. But when a Christian is praying every day, fasting every week, uh, promoting the kingdom of God, that's on your mind every day. You don't have to worry about money or any of this thing. It'll come to you. It'll come. I've had so many miracles of finances. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I've never asked anybody for a dollar. None. Zero. And God has blessed me and kept me healthy, which is better than all the money in the world, right? To be healthy. Man, I get up in the morning and where I live, and I jump on my bike. They think it's flash. Man, they say, Pew! man, who went through here? It's flash pastor coming through there, man. He's flying in that bike, man. Man, I fly around there for about two or three miles every morning and then come back and then work out every other day. You see, 71, can you imagine? Uh, and sickness-free, no pills, no nothing, no doctor's appointment, none of that stuff because he said, I'll, I'll be Jehovah Rapha to you. I'll be your healer, and I'll be your provider from now on, and I'll be Jehovah Shalom. I'll be your peace. I'll be Jehovah Nisi over your life. I'll be uh, the banner over your life, your protector. Uh, nothing will be able to touch you. Can you say amen? amen? And when that blessing is upon your life, it cannot be reversed. No witch can or witch doctor or brujo, curandera, or anybody else can put anything on you. They can't do that. They try to do that to me, I just laugh at them. Because how, how are they going to curse that which God has blessed? Huh? Who can, who can curse me? They can't even come close to my house. Man, I sleep good at nighttime. Amen? Nothing can come close. Nothing can curse me because God's blessed me. And God knows, he says, this is a promoter of my kingdom. He's a soul winner. I'm a soul winner, man. I'm a soul winner, man. I win people on the spot, man. I lead them to the Lord. Man, I, every, I talk to people. They talk to me about the son. I turn it around and talk about Jesus. I talk about the real son, right? S-O-N. So uh, this is what you have to do now. You want to move up in this world? Are you tired of just struggling? In a fake Christianity? Well, Start advancing the kingdom of God. And I guarantee you, on God's word, 
Matthew 6, 33, that you're going up. Your whole life is going to change. Why did God save you? Well, he got us out of Egypt so that we could just, I guess, just be in limbo. You know, just in, just limbo, just here. No. God took the people out of Egypt. He said, get them out of there so that they can serve me. That's what they have to do. And in, because, why did God say that to Moses? Because in serving God, the people are blessed. Does everybody get that? We're not doing God any favors when you serve him. That's why over and over, like a broken, I guess we can say a broken record, but you wouldn't, I guess, unless you've been in those days, right? Broken record or a scratch record, right? It just keeps going and saying the same thing. Uh, uh, we have to tell people, serve God, serve God, serve God, serve God, serve God, serve God, serve God. What is it? Well, now you know what serving God is. It's promoting and advancing the kingdom of God. How do we do that? Praying, fasting, and reaching out to people. Your whole life will be turned around. Everything will be turned around. Said, Pastor, I've had this bad health. That'll be over too. I've been taking pills. Some people's houses look like a pharmacy, right? That's right. But, and they're believers too. Well, that'll be over if you start serving God. And if you don't, uh, I'd hate to tell you this, but it could get worse for you if you don't serve God. Your only way out is to serve God with all your heart. And get this thing and make it real in your life. This is not fake now. This is the real stuff here. It's the real deal. I found that out. I said, man, this is the real deal. I wasn't looking for no fake stuff. I'm looking for the real deal. Praise God. So if you want the real deal tonight, you can have it. Can you imagine all of you here praying for the church? Fasting for people to get saved? Walking to Pastor Matt and say, what can I do? I'm praying, Matt. Pastor Matt, I'm fasting now. I'm praying for you. I'm fasting for you now. I'm praying for uh, Pastor Jen, right? Uh, I'm, I'm praying for y'all. You're doing the kingdom's work. And I'm praying for souls. You've got to get involved. When you do that, your whole life's going to change. And you won't backslide either. Christians backslide? Huh. I've seen pastors backslide. You know why? Because they're sitting on their can and not doing anything. They be it became a religious thing to them. But all that's going to change for you now. In Jesus' name. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And just ask the Lord to forgive you tonight. Close every door. If you're a believer, close every door. And if you're not a believer, in a few moments, you make sure you tell me so that you can give your life to God tonight. You've got to change kingdoms. If, you, if you're still in the kingdom of darkness, you don't want to be there. But if you're a believer, you're going up. I can, I can guarantee that to you. You're going up. You're going to be blessed. Thank you, Father. I give you all the glory and all the praise, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. As a believer, just close every door. This verse has six words. Give no place to the devil. That's for the believer. 
Ephesians 4.27, give no place to the devil. Close every door tonight. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I close every door in my life. Things that you're doing that are wicked, things that you're doing that is, is sin, close it right now. Close it. Ask God to forgive you. You don't want to mess with the devil. If anybody knows where there's open doors, he does because he looks for open doors. You want to make sure they're closed in your life. Close every door tonight. Starting tonight, your life is about to change for you and for your family, for your marriage, for your, your children, for every situation, every aspect of your life. Everything from the financial to spiritual to the, your physical is about to change because the secret of life, somebody say, the secret of life is serving God. Now, with one hand uh, raised, raise your right hand and say, Father, I commit myself to uh, serving you. Say that. I commit myself tonight to serving you. I'm going to serve you. And these great promises belong to me tonight. They belong to me. I'm going to serve you, Father. And Father, I understand what serving means. It is praying, it's fasting, and it's reaching out to people. It's enlarging and advancing your kingdom. Praise God. Your whole life's about to change. Let's do this. Uh, let's stand. And, and if, uh, if, you're, if you have any kind of sickness in your body, put your hand where that sickness is at. Just put anywhere in your body you have a sickness. You have a sickness in your body. Put that uh, hand there. If it's all over your body, put it over your heart. And we take authority over right now. But you have to agree with me now. Because the wisdom of God is this. It is, it is meditating and saying and doing, working the scriptures. That's the wisdom of God. You've got to work them. So let's agree tonight uh, in Matthew 18, 19, Jesus himself said, if two shall agree as touching anything, if you agree with somebody else, it's done. Tonight, in the name of Jesus, I agree that that sickness, that physical problem in your body is taken care of right now. It's done in Jesus' name. If you believed with me, you have to believe. Now, I believe, but you have to believe. It's done in Jesus' name. Father, I curse this thing at the root, and I declare them totally and completely healed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. With your eyes closed, anybody here has not given their life to the Lord, but you want to give your life to the Lord tonight? Anybody? Anybody? Everybody saved? Very important. Man, this, your life is about to change completely. If you have received this tonight, 
If you'll, if you'll do it, it, your life is about to change. Praise God. Your struggling days are over. I'm telling you, your struggling days are over. I quit struggling many, many years ago. No struggling. You can't do this for anybody else now. And nobody else can do it for you. It's a personal thing. I said, I want, I want my wife to do this for me. No, she can't do it. I want to do this for my husband. No, he can, uh, you can't do this for your husband. You, the only thing you can do is be a covering to little children. But once they, your children get to a certain age, they're held accountable and responsible for their own personal lives. So you're responsible for your own life. You've got to believe, and you've got to do these things in Jesus' name. Uh, God bless you. I was glad to be here tonight and be with you. I'm glad that you were here. Let's give the Lord a great praise offering tonight. Praise God.